0: Happy Monday to you. It's May. It's May. It's May. It's May. Uh, I'm Linda. Welcome to 90 Day the Melanated Way. And uh, what a busy weekend. Woo! I was 90 Days out. Tell alls, happily ever after, extreme sisters. I'm, like, doing the most, but I'm loving it all. I'm loving it all. It looks like I have a tan, y'all. I'm in California, so you know how it goes. Anyhow... Uh let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Um it's my birthday month. So please you guys think about supporting the show. Um you know it really 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 allows us to grow. It allows me to do the shows. Um I want to do the housekeeping first, but uh think about supporting the show. Whether you're a Patreon subscriber or you want to support through cash app Venmo at Linda so or PayPal, Linda so at yahoo.com. Um, it really helps. Every dollar helps. I have watching on YouTube, super chat, super stickers that all helps create the show, edit the show, like the show, all of that stuff. Um, I want to shout out some day ones and Patreon VIP subscribers, Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Radella, Linda, Lydia, Linda, my namesake, I love you, uh, Brianna, hey Bri, I miss you, come through, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Jaleesa, and Donna, and shout out to new subscriber, Mason, welcome Mason, hey live chat, hey live chat, so, light and fun, it's my birthday month, support the show, okay, Oh, ding, ding, ding. Thank you, Crystal. Crystal, you are the best. You are the best. Uh, guys, overall thoughts of this show. First of all, there was so much going on, right? So Sunday, I know I want to talk about the single life tell all, but we're not there yet. We're almost there, but we're not there yet. But keep all of that in the back of your mind, because we will be talking about it at some point. Um, and then Happily Ever After, Happily Ever After was doing the most. And let's just dive right into it. So <sighs> Kalani and Izuelu, Kalani and Izuelu. So I'm a little confused about Kalani and Izwelu, and I'll tell you why. I will start with a question. That's what we're going to do uh, for this first part. And let me pull up the question for you. Here's what I want to know. Has Kalani checked out of her marriage? Has Kalani checked out of her marriage? And why I'm asking you guys that is because we see her. She's out with her sister. And hey, Redella. Hey, girl. Hey. She's out with her sister. And they're going furniture shopping, which was confusing to me because they're going furniture shopping for a house that they haven't bought yet. So, like. How do you even know like what's gonna fit where? What the diameters of the house is, all of that stuff. You haven't bought the house, but you're, you're furniture shopping? It's very bizarre to me, but that's what they were doing. So um, they get to the showroom and right off the bat, Kalani almost breaks something. And just FYI, you guys, you see I, I've joined the off the shoulder club. I'm doing it in allegiance to Kalani and to Tiffany, to Tiffany's mom. I know that I talked about the off the shoulder club. I found my off the shoulder top, so I was like, let me just show it off, but I went to the beach. So I have some like beach tans, but whatever. Team off the shoulder. Hey. <laughs> like Crystal said, hey. Off the shoulder. Um cuz you know, apparently it's a thing and it's a thing like every single episode so, you know, I'm about that life right now. Uh, Crystal says no, she's not checked out. I'm not convinced things are bad as they are making them seem. Yeah, I'm. I think it's for the show, but we'll get to that as well. We'll definitely get to that as well. So she's at this showroom, and she's with Collini, her sister. And right off the bat, they almost break something, which I thought was hilarious. And then you know, they're talking about Iswelu, And I have said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I really think that in a marriage specifically, okay, Vanessa, off the shoulder, what? I think that in a marriage specifically, it should be the two people, the two people that are married. I don't think you should have a bunch of people in your business, but that's personally just me. Now, can you talk about issues? Absolutely. That's how you talk things out. But I do think that at the end of the day, the issues you should bring to your spouse, your partner, and not everyone else. And I, so I kind of understand Lou. I kind of understand his frustration because you're always bringing your family into our relationship and it's frustrating. Totally get that. So they're at this, this uh, showroom and Kalani's explaining how Izuelu has a game room and a sleep room. So he plays video games, which you know, you're complaining that you're mothering him, but also you're supporting that. Like, you're allowing it. If he's sleeping there Renee, and you're not saying anything, then mm, you're allowing it. You're allowing him to, you know, kind of be like a grown up baby, really, at the end of the day. So he has the sleep room and his game room. If you said, you know, honey, I want you to sleep with me in this room and let's work out our issues, that would be a totally different thing. But if you're kind of like, Oh, yeah, no, he sleeps in the game room, and, like, I feel like we're just, like, roommates now that have conjugal visits, and he comes in the room when he wants that have sex. Well, um, there's two people in a relationship, and if you're allowing for that to be, then you're allowing for that to be. That's, that's what I think. So... She's lacking romance, she says. She starts crying, and Kalini starts crying, and Kalini says, you know, I really want more for you um, in this relationship, and, you know, she's upset because she said this is the first time she's telling anyone that her marriage isn't what people think it is, and she's upset about it. And I'm like, but have you talked to your husband? Have you talked to your husband about your issues? Because to me, it seems like you haven't. To me, it seems like you're talking to everyone else. You're talking to your mom, you're talking to your sister, you're talking to your dad. And then, yes, I know you guys, before you say anything, I know that she tried to talk to his waylu but we're going to get to that. Because when she talked to his waylu it's how she talked to him. And I, I just think that there are issues. I think that they don't communicate properly together and so here's my next question. Do you think Kalani's sister Kalini is trying to sabotage her sister's marriage? Do you think Kalini is trying to sabotage Kalani's marriage to Waylu? I really want to know. And I'm not going to tell you what I think yet. I'm going to wait to see. Uh, Dasha says, but Waylu is so mature, so I can understand why she talks to her family. But yeah, she definitely loves some crazy things. And Nicole, hey, girl, hey. Nicole says... She overshares with her family. And Crystal says, I agree, Linda. She's talking to everyone else. Meanwhile, didn't let Oswaldo know Collini is even going to stay with them. Those are facts. Those are facts right there. So um, so she's upset, they're both crying, and you know, she's she will she's complaining that they don't go on date nights, they don't have alone time. Uh, He doesn't do cute things for her. Um, You know, she feels like she thinks of him and that he doesn't think of her or do nice things for her. And I was like, well, again, date nights, that could be two people. So like, you could be like, hey, this week or this month, I'm planning date night, honey, you're going to plan it next week or next month. You know what I mean? Like, communicate and that's why I wonder if they don't understand or they don't know about each other's love language and what makes sense and I, I know that it doesn't have to be so clinical but I think it's important to know what your love language is because he might think that he's doing everything right and she might think that she's doing everything right but I gotta tell you that without communication there's nothing gonna happen There's it's, it's that's it Um, so I just think that that was interesting. I thought that it was like really a poor deal, a really, 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 really poor deal. Um, and then I was like, um, so you're going to tell your sister all the business. You're going to work yourself up and then you're going to go home and talk to your husband. Now you're already worked up and he doesn't know that you're worked up he's in a happy mood he's folding laundry thinking he's doing a good thing and then you're like hey you know uh i have some issues with you and she feels like she's at her breaking point she feels like Samoans don't believe in divorce and it's not an option so she's you know kind of upset about that but then i was like well you have to use your words and so she tells him that she feels like it's lacking Uh, in the bedroom, she feels like uh, they're not really, like she's mothering him too much and that she needs more from that and she doesn't wanna do that. Well, you also have to, Kalini, not mother him anymore. You also have to use your words. You also have to know what his love language is and what makes sense. And then when he, he gives an example of bringing pizza to her without her asking, And then she brings in her family and says, well, my brother does that. Yeah. He's going to get triggered because the family is the issue. His issue is that your family's always involved in a relationship. And so he freaked out and I'm not surprised that he freaked out because like, hello, he's told you more than one time that this bothers him, that he does not want the family involved in his relationship. And I don't know. I just, I'm kind of team Azuelu right now because I feel like he's putting the effort in and every which way he's being bombarded. He's being bombarded by his wife. He's being bombarded by his wife's sister and he's trying and change takes time. And, you know, you got to allow that time, but you also have to be open to the change, right? So she acts like she believes him in front of his face. And then they go, she goes to her sister I don't know why I just looked over. I looked over like she was right over there. But she goes over to her sister and says something totally different. And it's it makes me sad. It really does. Uh, let me jump into the live channel and see what you guys are talking about. Um, Dasha says, hey girl, hey, but the conversation started off lighthearted um, and they were making jokes. Absolutely, it was lighthearted and they were making jokes. And then it flipped and it flipped in my opinion. Because she brought up a family member doing something that was like not a big deal. Oh, my brother brings me food all the time, and you know, as Whaley thought he was doing something, as Whaley was like, "Well, I thought I was being special here. I thought I was doing something for you." So, you know, it was kind of sad. It was kind of sad to me. So, that's their whole thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just was really. I'm a little disappointed in Kalani and I don't know if it's the drama of the show or if it's real drama, but I will say what's real is their lack of communication. They are not communicating with each other and it's unfortunate. Uh, Angela! It's surgery day for Angela and as you guys know I kind of get uh, distracted by some things, right? So I'm just gonna mention some of the things sometimes that I get distracted by. And one of the things I got distracted by was the whole thing that they had a the mask on in the vehicle and then you walked into the office and you didn't have a mask on, the reception didn't have a mask on and everyone was just like hunky-dory. And I'm gonna say this here and I'm also gonna say it uh, for uh, Brandon and Julia's section. Here's my question. Considering that we're in a pandemic, considering that we're all washing our hands all the time, and I'm not sure. So I'm going to ask you all, and you let me know in the live chat if it's a thing, and let me know in the comments below if you're watching in the replay. But is handshaking still a thing in 2021? There's something in my hair and it's bugging me. Um, is handshaking still a thing in 2021? Because... You know, there was some handshaking at the doctor's office. There was handshaking at the uh, wedding planner's office and uh, and no masks. And I'm not trying to, I don't care what, who, what, when. I know that there's a vaccine now and all of this stuff. But when that was being filmed, it was in the heyday of things. And I'm just curious to know if y'all are, are still shaking people's hands. Because I thought it was like the elbow kind of arm, forearm bump that people were doing now. But have we gone back to shaking hands? I don't know. Uh Nicole's saying, nope, nope, on the handshakes. Dasha says, ew, I hope is not still a thing in 2021. No handshakes for me. And Crystal says, nope, no on the handshakes. And Crystal says, especially not in a healthcare setting, no way. Yeah, it was just... I don't know. Again, like I told you, I get distracted by some things. And that was something that was distracting to me. Because I was like, "Um, are we setting a good precedent right now in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, Hey, TG. Hey, girl. Hey, no handshakes. So that was the first thing that distracted me. Um, And then they take Angela right away into pre-op. And she's getting the sleeve done and her breast reduction. And they're explaining to her, both Dr. Obang and Dr. Kashini are explaining to her that after surgery, this is a major, you're having two major surgeries. You need to eat well, you need to exercise. You can't smoke after surgery. And then um, the assistant, Natasha says, did you follow protocol? She asked that, like, did you follow pre-op protocol? And you know that Angela sat in a room full of healthcare providers and lied on the day that she's having two major surgeries. Meanwhile, she's nervous and she's high risk. And she sat and lied to their face and then lied to us and said that she snuck in just one cigarette that day of her surgery. I was like, "Are we watching the same show?" Because um, you smoked in the hotel. You smoked outside the hotel. You smoked when you were waiting for that rideshare. So, and you smoked at the airport. So, I'm just like, "Wait, one, one box, Angela? You out here lying." You lying, and this is about your health? Which brings me to my next question. Were you shocked that Angela lied to her doctors about following her surgery protocol? Because I, for one, was completely shocked. Okay? Rodella said, they knew it. As an ex-smoker, they could smell it on her. And Dasha said... I know, that was crazy. And Crystal says, I still haven't gotten over the surgeon's assistant with the cropped up. Yeah, girl. I I mean, don't even get me started on her professional gear. (laughs) Hey, Angelica. Hey, girl, hey. And Nicole said, I couldn't believe that. Be honest so they know should something go wrong. That's exactly there. We're on the same page, Nicole. Let them know what the real 411 is so that in case of they can be like oh but by the way she not only smoked but she also ate when she was supposed to only be having liquids so like no she didn't follow protocol and like maybe we shouldn't do the surgery today maybe we should hold off for a week you know what i mean like give them some options because you are the same person that are worried that you're not going to wake up from anesthesia and shout out to dr julisa anesthesiologist Hey, girl. hey Dr. Julisa's not on the show. She is uh, 90 Day the Melanated Way VIP, any hue. So yeah, that totally threw me off. I was like, oh, so we—that's what we're doing now. We're just lying. We're just bold-faced lying before major surgery. Mm, okay. Hey Lori. Hey girl. Hey Lori said, I'm surprised she lied, but also not. It's so dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous to, to lie about your health. Like, lie about stupid stuff. Like, um, I don't know, whatever. Lie about something stupid. So uh, Dr. Obeng comes in with Dr. Kashini and they want to talk over a little bit about what's going to happen in her surgeries. And they call Michael. And uh, Dr. Obeng, who's from Ghana, which is, you know, where my family is from, Uh, explains how Africans do have an apprehension towards surgery and especially if it's an elective surgery. Like y'all, if you're not like life or death, like he said, they're not trying to have surgery. Like if you, you know, you cut your hand, like, do you need stitches or can we throw a little bit of bandaid on that and call it a day? Um, You said your eyes swollen. Well, like, just go and get me some honey and some baking soda and some water. And I'm just going to, like, make a little concoction and pop that up. And boom, you're going to be good to go. Oh, your back hurts. And you, you feel like you can't go to school. Okay, well, just go. I've got some kente cloths for you and I'll just wrap your back and you can just wear that under your clothes and go to school. Am I talking from personal experience? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe those things are true. Maybe those things actually really did happen. But <clears throat> so Dr. Obang is really trying to ease Michael's fears. And so he explains to her that, or excuse me, he explains to Michael that she's still going to have like, a big chest it's gonna be just more perky and michael was like still not for it he's been saying since the day one that he's still not for it but you know what can he do because angela's gonna do what angela wants to do and so i don't think he was at ease but angela was like oh he's at ease and i was like mm, okay and then when angela took her phone guys and like brought it down to her chest and told michael to say goodbye one last time to her i was like no she didn't no she did like no she didn't she really just did not do that but she sure did she sure did so um i wanted to tell you guys a little fun fact a little fun fact um about guineans so i don't know if you guys noticed um, but way back in the day, way back in the day, so I don't want to hear any crazy nonsense or comments or whatever. I just, I'm just giving you a fun fact um, of Guinean culture and history. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed that um, mark on Dr. Obang's face, uh, but he has a mark on his face, and it's actually a tribal mark. And uh, I can tell you that he's a Shanti tribe. So way back in the day, children got a mark, and it was a mark to associate you with your tribe. Um, so that, and it, to me, it's it's just, it seems special because they don't do it anymore, but they, they didn't want their babies to get lost. And so they would mark their, each tribe had like a specific mark. And so they would mark um, their children and uh, yeah, you would know what tribe they were from. So the tribal mark identifies you know what tribe you're with and i just thought that that was amazing um so yeah just a fun fact if you guys were wondering like what that mark on his face was it's because his tribe has claimed him and and it's just there's a whole bunch of meanings like doesn't get lost you you belong to a specific tribe you won't be attacked it's like wards off any wrong in your life it's really it just really does mean a lot so That's that. The second thing I wanted to talk to you guys about that. (laughs) Vanessa says, Linda, you might need to interview some of your families so we can get some young Linda insights. Y'all, mm-mm, nope, nope. You're not talking to any of the blabbermouths. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I'll do a birthday special. You guys can ask all the questions you want. And I'll just uh, allow them to tell stories because they have all the stories, y'all, all All the stories. Um, Crystal said, I'd love it, but would they ever? Um, I don't know, you know, we're private people. So maybe, maybe I'll think about it. Linda, do you speak a second language? Uh, I don't speak Twe very well. I can understand it and French because I'm Canadian, uh, but that's it. So yes, in a roundabout way, I do. I want to talk about Angela, you guys. Okay, because last episode, Angela said that she smoked for 45 years, for 45 years, right? So I kind of understand why she's having trouble giving it up. But at the same time, y'all, Angela's 54, which means if you do the math, she started smoking when she was nine. First of all, where did you get the cigarette? Second of all, where was your parental control and supervision? Third of all, nine? You've been smoking since you were nine years old? Nine? I don't know how y'all Americans do it, but like... You know, I don't, I need I need some answers. I need some answers. I need some answers immediately. Nine, nine years. I mean, and that makes so much sense. And I'm going to say this and I'm not saying it to be like a, a jerk. It's just an observation. Okay. I'm just, it's just an observation. So take what you want from it but this is my observation. So um, Rebecca, Zia Rebecca is 50 years old. And Angela's 54. So smoking at nine probably makes some sense to me now. Dasha says back in her day, people did start smoking great. Did they really? Angela's 54. Did they really? I don't know. I don't know. Just Think about when you were nine, you guys. Like nine. You're not even in the double digits yet. It seems odd. Anyhow. Part of Michael's attraction, he admits, was Angela's chest. And Dr. Bang says, don't worry. They're going to be big. They're going to be perky. Don't worry about it. She's going to be good to go. Um, And So they are doing like the pre-op drawing on her and you could tell, you could see on Angela's face that she was super nervous and she was like, you know, like holding onto her uh, robe thingy, paper robe, and, you know, feeling very exposed, which I can understand, like, she's having major surgery, but she's also having to be very vulnerable in a room full of people that she doesn't really know. So I totally get it. Um, But then, I just feel like she makes things awkward y'all. Like she, if she, if you're uncomfortable, that's one thing, but when you're uncomfortable and then verbalize it so that you make everyone else uncomfortable, it's just a little, it's a bit much for me. So like there was no need for Dr. Obeying to know that you're not wearing underwear. Cause he already knows you're not wearing underwear cause he's looking at you. But because you put it out there, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just awkward. She put, she just awkward. So She was. she has all these questions and I'm like, Angela, you should have asked those questions like way before this last five seconds where you're about to like go under, like all of these questions should have been pre pre surgery. We're here now. So, and then you have a question about like, Oh, so like, what do you think I should do? What do you mean? What do you think you should do? We're doing the surgery in five minutes oh, okay, but I trust you. You better trust him. He's about to cut you open. So, you know. Dasha says, LOL, yeah, but it depends on the era you were born in. Like, my dad was taking the bus all around by himself at nine. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I feel like taking the bus and smoking at nine are just way different for some reason. Like I can see you taking a little bus to your karate class or taking the bus to school by yourself, but like getting a whole pack of smokes (laughs) at nine years old. And matches, I don't know. I don't know, you guys, don't distract me because I will go all the way off on tangent and we got a bunch of stuff to still cover. So Angela... Uh, goes under and she's like complaining she's complaining did you guys notice she's complaining and she's coughing did you notice that when they were trying to put the oxygen on so like she's like I can't breathe I can't breathe you, you can't breathe with oxygen on your face so is it the mass you can't breathe or is it the coughing from your lungs because you've been smoking so much that you can't breathe? breathe I don't know but Dr. Obang really did think that she was a difficult patient and so they really had to like calm her down. And I'd like that he did that because you want to be calm when you're going under anesthesia. You don't want to be all combative. Like Angela, like Angela, are you really fighting as, as they're trying to like sedate you and get you ready for major surgeries? Are you really is are are you still being out there, Angela? Because it seems a little it seems a little extra in my opinion. But anyways, she's complaining, coughing, um, and then they just get her down, and she's about to have her surgery. And then they fast forward, they come back, it's three hours. So the first part went well. And were you guys surprised that they showed the surgery? Like, I'm not a needle person, right? Like, I'm just not. I'm just, I'm, like, I have to close my eyes, just, oh, and I'm, like, so over the top with it, Uh, my arm, my arm, all this stuff. So watching the surgery, like, shout out to the surgeons. I'll just say that. Like, do I personally, I'll tell you, okay, here's something about me. So you know how we're all washing our hands way more nowadays? And I wash my hands, like, nonstop. But I also watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. So whenever I'm washing my hands, I wash my hands like I'm a surgeon. You know, like, when you get your arms up here now. I didn't do that before, but now it's like, since we do it so much, I have to make it fun. So I pretend that I'm getting ready for surgery. If I'm making dinner and I'm washing my hands before I'm like doing the whole thing. And it, it cracks me up. Cause in my mind, I'm like, I'm a surgeon on Grace Anatomy and that's fun to me. Uh, so that is a fun fact. So three hours later. So they, they show the surgery, which was a, a lot. And Dr. Kishini's part specifically where he went like under her stomach past her kidney and said that there was a lot of fat underneath there. And then, you know, stapled her stomach. And then Dr. O'Bang came in and Dr. O'Bang took off like two, almost two pounds of breast chest on each chest. And three hours later, it's, time for Angela to wake up. And that was really difficult to watch. I don't know about you guys, but it was difficult to watch again. It was like she was try- she was fighting to get out of it. So fighting to go down and fighting to get out of it. And it was very, it was difficult to watch. It was, I don't know. It was just hard. So I'm glad everything went well, obviously. Um, but it was definitely like a lot Hey, Auntie Advice from Channel for Women. Is that Auntie Advice that Crystal watches and Radella watches? Is that that same Auntie's advice? If it is, I've heard so much about you. So, hey, girl, hey. Um. So, super, super difficult, but I'm glad that it went well. I'm sad that Angela didn't get to talk to her grandbabies beforehand. And I got to shout out sissy jojo because she really came through for her girl with updating michael which just being there for angela and just letting angela be angela i'm like 100 all about that life for her now let's talk about elizabeth and andre oh lord let me take a sip of my water because that's some bs okay before i get started i'm going to give you guys a a question because you know that's I need to know. Are you guys team Andre or are you guys team Charlie? Team Andre or team Charlie? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the comments. I need to know. Yes, you have to, Crystal. You have to let me know if you're team Andre, Dre, or if you're team Charlie. So here's what I'm going to say off the top. Okay. I think that Andre is ridiculous. I think that Andre has never held a job since he came to America. He gets his real estate license. And again, even Becky said that he cheated off of her. So we don't even know how legit he is. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Doesn't know the market. Doesn't know anything. Okay. But he wants to come in gangbuster style and act like he's going to be dropping millions left, right, and center and be the man and go into somewhat second side business with Chuck. Like who... Why do you have such audacity? That's my question to you. Why do you have such audacity? Lori says, excuse me, Lori says, in this case, Team Charlie. Better days, Charlie for the most part. Angelica says, Charlie. Hey, Arlene, hey, girl, hey, you're new. Everyone, welcome, Arlene. Uh, Arlene says, Andre. And Dasha says, Team Charlie for this episode. Crystal, you're not allowed to to not vote. You have to vote for one of the two. You have to vote for one of the two. Um, And I'm not saying on character, y'all, I'm not saying if you like either of them, I'm asking you who you think is correct in this situation. I personally think, despite what I might think of Charlie, he is correct in this situation. Why I think he's correct in this situation is because He's had years of experience in the industry. He works with his dad. And what we learned in this episode specifically is that he's 50-50 partner. So he puts in 50% of the collateral. So yeah, that's his house that he's they're fixing up, flipping and making a profit off of. So absolutely, he's going to be the project manager. Absolutely, Andre's going to have to listen to him. Absolutely, Andre's going to have to like do the grunt work. Okay, let's put it this way. You are gonna get a job at, let's say, a company that we all know, Amazon. Okay, you you went to University College, whatever you did, you were top of your class, uh, summa. What do you guys call it out here? Summa cum laude, A plus plus. You were class valedictorian. All all the business. You are the business. You're being recruited by all the major companies. Okay. Now. You have no experience though, but you have all, you have your, your degree. Do you think that you're going to go into Amazon and be a CEO at Amazon? Or do you think that you might have to be like a manager or a director or like even frontline, right? Or do you think you're going to walk in there and be like, I have no experience. I've never worked in this industry, but I'm going to be the CEO and I'm going to need six figures starting today. Okay. That's how I feel about this situation. Okay. Andre needs to do a little bit of work. Like Charlie says, you need to know the industry. You need to know the area. Even you guys look at how he dressed. He wore like a button down shirt and shorts. Look at what Charlie wore. Just even that simple little, little thing. Look what Becky wore. Even Chuck. But Andre's going to throw on a button down and shorts and some flip flops. Okay, simple things, right? Because you're in a market, you're in real estate. You're presenting a specific look and you want people to spend money that they're supposed to spend lifetimes in certain places. So like, don't even get me started. Stop playing. Andre needs to humble himself, in my opinion. He needs to get some work experience before he thinks he's going to get $100,000 from anyone. And the second thing, since I'm talking about it right now, anyways, you want to come in on this property and do it your way he said he thought he thought that he was going to be in charge of this property i need to know what ooh i was about to cuss y'all let I me mean, luckily i stopped myself one of my mama's watching but what are you bringing cuz you're not bringing money you're not bringing experience so how exactly do you think that you are going to be in charge and you're going to do what you want to do for a property that Charlie and Chuck bought together wait, wait what i uh, uh, uh. i'm confused that's my unconfused i'm i'm confused by this whole thing don't even get me started on him you know making his lunch i thought he was, i thought he was making his lunch for their daughter, Eleanor. Like I thought Eleanor was going to daycare. I didn't realize that Elizabeth was now going to be the stay-at-home mom, even though she said that she's still the property manager. And I thought it was funny that she said that she's the property manager still, but still a full-time stay-at-home mom, is because guess what? Her dad's gonna pay her to stay home. That's that's what that meant. Um, but then you know, he's making the salad, and I was like, oh, salad. Okay, that's that's super healthy. But no, he was make which is so fine, you guys. Don't get me wrong. I take I take lunch to work all the time. That is not what I'm saying. I just thought it was funny that on his first day of work, it just seemed funny to me that he was up early, finally got it. Like, how long has Andre been here in America? I don't know, like three, four years, and he's never worked a day in his life. And his very first day, it's cute. He's he's making his lunch on his first day to work. You know, it's like taking your five-year-old off to kindergarten for the first time. You know, they've never gone to school before. Maybe they've gone to preschool, but they haven't gone to school, school. And so, you know, you pack them a special lunch on their first day and you give them a kiss goodbye and you, like, hype them up. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. I felt like, you know, it's something. So Elizabeth is super happy that her husband's finally going to work. Uh, And she even said it. She said she's happy he's going to work. She's happy that he's going to be able to, like, work full time and, and you know, be the provider. And I was like, yeah, girl, because you met the hardworking Andre, supposedly, right, abroad, and then you brought him here, and he thinks that he is entitled to your dad's money because he sees everyone else sponging really off of Chuck. So he's like, well, I... I'm married into this family, so I should be able to get whatever they're gonna get. It's just amazing to me the audacity and like the entitlement this guy has. It's just, it's it's fascinating. It's fascinating to me. So, anyways, fast forward. Uh, Andre goes and picks up Chuck. And Chuck is like, you know, listen, I just really need you to listen today. Listen, absorb, learn the ropes. And I knew right away. Hey, Amanda. Hey, girl. Hey. I knew right away that that was not going to happen. And that's what not didn't happen. And uh, which brings me to my next question, because I'm about to talk about that. Is Chuck partially to blame for the drama within the family business? Is Chuck partially to blame for the drama within the family business? And here's why I asked that. He springs on Andre on the car ride over to the house that, oh, by the way, Charlie's meeting is there. Like you didn't know. Like you didn't know your 50-50 partner was going to be there. Like you didn't know the project manager was going to be there. Okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is y'all they get there. Charlie's there. Andre had a bad attitude from the house. He continued his bad attitude in the car and he continued his bad attitude there. He thought he was going to be in charge and he's going to do this. And I, I knew that you know, Charlie was playing games a little bit like, hey, get your truck and, you know, swing it around back and clean up all this stuff in the back, like the the trash. Right. So that's kind of like a little condescending. But I also on the same tip can understand what Charlie's saying. He's like, you have to start with the grunt work and prove yourself and work your way up. Like you even said, you don't bring anything to the table, but sweat equity. You got no money and no experience. So You can do handyman stuff because you've done it in the past. So you're going to need to use whatever skills you have and put them to work. And then eventually you work your way up. But again, what are you bringing to the table? You're not just coming in just because you got your real estate license saying, Hey, I'm, I'm the boss now and I'm a partner. Like you're not. So, however, Andre was under the opinion that he was going to be in charge. Okay. So Charlie is fighting with, Andre and Chuck is just standing there. And then Becky comes in and Becky comes in like a bat. What's the saying? A bat out of hell, a bat out of whatever. You know what I'm saying? Don't know. I don't know sayings. If you guys know me, you know that I'm like super lame with the sayings, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so she comes bat out of hell. I think it's called bat out of hell, whatever. So she comes in and she's pissed because she's the listing agent. She didn't know that they were going to be there. So now she feels like Andre's trying to like creep in on her territory and take money out of her pocket, which again, I'm centering it all. Thank you. Bad out of hell. You knew what I meant. Same. You knew what I meant. So this is why I blame Chuck. Okay. Instead of Chuck just explaining the situation. Did you guys all see how Chuck like, Tried to sneak out the house. Like I'm not here. And then Becky's like, oh
1: wait, wait a minute.
0: Hold hold up. Wait a minute. You ain't going nowhere. You you need to explain what the hell's going on here. Um you need to explain. And all Chuck had to do. In order to diffuse the situation instead of saying oh we just all need to really get along no chuck you need to use your words and to say this is exactly what's happening i'll tell you what's happening i chuck and charlie bought this place to flip it so we're gonna do the inspection and you andre you're gonna watch what the process looks like now Are you going to be involved in this one per se? No, because think of yourself as the mentee and we are your mentors. We're going to show you what happens. Now, if you want to contribute by doing some of the fix-up work that we have to do to lower the cost, because guess what? When I split the profit 50-50 with my son, Charlie, I'm paying you out of pocket because you're not really bringing anything but sweat equity to the table. That's what Chuck needed to say. Chuck as the head of the household, the head of the tribe, okay? In Ghana, we say the head of the household, meaning like the head head. The head of the family, Chuck, needed to be the head in that moment instead of trying to slink out of the way and let these fools be fighting about nonsense. Cause we all, unless, okay. The only time you slide out of the way is if you lied to someone. So if you said to, to Andre, oh yeah, no problem. Come in. You're going to be my partner and you're going to make a bunch of money. And then to Charlie, you said, oh no, it's me and you. And he's just going to sit here and watch. And then to Becky, you said, oh, don't worry about it. He's not even going to be really into it. You're going to be the listing Agent, and there's no prop no problem. Use your words. You're in charge of your family business and be clear with everyone's role. Then you wouldn't have any drama. You wouldn't have any confusion. What you're not about to do, Chuck, is say, hey, I just want everyone to get along. Let's all be kumbaya. It's not kumbaya, A, when people are related, and B when there's money involved. Whenever there's money involved, it's, it's not all kumbaya. That is Money 101. Okay? So I just think, like, stop playing. Just stop playing. Stop playing around. Stop playing around. Um. So that's it. That's all that happened with them. That's all that happened with them. I, for one, was surprised about how much this Chuck does for everyone. I think that if he just lists out what everyone's roles are, then there's not going to be an issue. That's that's how I feel. Uh, Nicole says, he tries to keep everyone happy and you just can't do business that like that. I, I mean, I agree. And Crystal says, poor business model. I mean, all I know is that what you're not about to do is run away from an issue. Just have definitive roles. Don't mess with people's money. And don't tell someone who has no experience that they're about to get a hundred thousand from you. Like, because you know damn well, Chuck, that you're not about to give a hundred thousand that someone doesn't know anything about anything. That's it. All right, let's move on to Jovi and Yara. So they're enjoying kind of like a day lunch date first time as a little nuclear family and I for one love it I love it I love seeing like the new family role I love to see uh Jovi really kind of stepping up to the plate I love how Yara is like so concerned so they're all for lunch and Jovi's thinking like hey don't worry I'm driving you drink and Yara's like I don't feel like drinking she's a new mom she's worried about her baby like that's that's really it um but i do love like that first parent love that was like kind of oozing out of the screen to me um but then i don't know if this was just for the cameras but like jovi not knowing that breast like he's like what okay what you thought breastfeeding was illegal? Why would it be illegal? What part, like, what would the law be that you can't, like, pop your boob out? I mean, I understand that you reference everything to the strip club and, like, maybe at the strip clubs, because I know a lot of strip clubs, like, in California, you can't go fully nude, but then some that you can. Like, I don't know how it is in New Orleans, but maybe he thought, like, in strip club, mind like oh my god you're you're popping your boot out but uh, i have to tell you like she's breastfeeding which is like a totally different thing jovi and also she's covering herself so like that comment that he didn't know breastfeeding was legal in a restaurant was just so weird to me it was weird and you want to know why even more it was weird it's because you guys know that jovi's like a world traveler he's basically been everywhere and i just feel like people who travel know better and do better normally. So I, for one, was shocked by that comment. I was just shocked. Yeah, Lori said, public breastfeeding has been super normal for a couple of de- decades. Exactly, and Jovi's 30. I just feel like he should know better. Anyhow, he said that, which was disappointing, but then he came back with, how he wanted to really like focus on the relationship too. And, you know, they didn't get to have a newlywed phase because they had, you know, the Insta family. And I thought that that was really awesome to hear from Jovi. Like, hey, you know what? I know we're new parents and and I love Myla and I love our little family and I wanted to always be a husband and a dad, but I also love you and I want us to focus on our relationship too. I just thought that was beautiful, I did. I thought that was beautiful. And I was like, oh, look at Jovi being all like a man, you know, keeping like his wife and his partner in the forefront. Because that's what they always say. I'm not married. And all you married people with kids, you tell me. But I've always been told that it's the partners first, right? You keep that relationship intact and everything else will fall into place. I I, I tend to agree. If you keep the two together who started the family, boom, 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 everything will fall. If mom and dad are happy, guess what? Kids are or partners, however, whatever your family looks like, if the two partners are happy and then you have kids, the kids will be happy because they're going to see that emulation of like love and happiness and all of that. So no, no, I thought it was great. So he kind of redeemed himself in that moment for me. And then after he redeemed himself, then he went back to like, okay, wait, what are you talking about? And so he was saying how that they're not having sex because Yara just had a baby come through her vagina. <laughs> and y'all, he said it like he was surprised that that was the birthing process that she went through. How do you think you got the baby, Jovi? That's me like, I have my good eye on you. It was very, very interesting. So he was all over the board, y'all. He said some things things that I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty, you know, mature of you. And then other things I was like, who are you? Like, I know you're 30. I know you're grown. And I also know that you've traveled the world. You should just know better. But he is a first-time dad. So it could just be him thinking out loud. So I'm going to kind of go with that. Uh Nicole says, I agree. You have to focus on the relationship too, or else you'll just fall apart. Take time as a couple, agreed. Which, you know, they talked about, and Yara's not ready to be anywhere away, right? So Jovi kind of was like, Hey, we should go on like a a honeymoon, and you know, Miley can stay with my mom. And she's like, nah, we have to wait at least six months. And she's like, even at six months, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be willing and able to leave. And Yara even realizes that she sounds like a psycho. She's like, I sound like a psycho and Jovi agreed with her. And I was like, well, I get it though. Like a first time mom, this is first time mom in a new country. You're trying to like understand everything that's going on and like find your rhythm, find your groove and all of that. And plus you have all this love, all this love for this new thing that you created and so I get it. Like she wants every moment; she wants to cherish every moment. So I get both sides of it. I do think, though, that you have to focus on the relationship as well as, as the parenting, and which is bringing me to my question. Because I'm about to get into it: Is Yara being too controlling when it comes to parenting Mila? is Yara being too controlling when it comes to parenting Mila? And why I'm asking you this is because I thought that Jovi made a really good point when he said, you know, I want to be able to try things and see what works for me. I don't want you to micromanage like, Hey, dress her like this, put her at this angle, feed her like this, hug her like this, wash her like this. Do you know what I mean? So I understood what he said but I also understand as a new mom, she's worried. And she wants to make sure, like she said, that her golden egg is taken very good care of and that it really is about her. And it will always be about her 24-7 because she's a brand new baby. So I get both sides. So I want to know what you guys think. Uh, Dasha right away, all caps, is saying, absolutely not. Ah. Uh... Trisha says the suggestion was sweet but very soon after a ba- new baby and it seemed to be motivated a bit by jealousy on this part and hey Crystal hey girl hey Crystal says yes yes she's being too controlling so it's kind of 50-50 it's 50-50 some people think she is some people think she's not I personally think that she should allow Jovi to, to guide him but to also make his own mistakes because they're two different people and you know, moms are gonna mom a certain way and, and dads are gonna dad a certain way. And Jovi has to be able to find his groove as well. Right. And so, like he said, they're both parents. Let him figure it out. You know? I think that it I think it's beautiful that he even wants to figure it out. How many parents are out there that are kind of like half-assing it and don't want to get involved, don't change the diaper, don't want to know how to hold the baby, all of that stuff. There's there's tons of relationships like that where you know, one of the partners is kind of like dilly-dallying while the other partner's doing all the work. So I, I think that, you know, let him. Let him figure it out. Nicole says she will learn to let him take over. And Amanda said, what is his secret for next week? I don't know what his secret for next week is, Amanda. Dasha said, you're not making any mistakes with my baby. <laughs> oh, Dasha is definitely team Yara. Definitely team Yara. So I don't know, you guys. I, I Again, I think that, you know, it's two parents there. And I think that both parents have equal opportunity to get to know their children child in the way that they see fit. Now, is Mama Bear in charge all the time? Because, like Yara said, she carried the baby for nine months. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. However, you know, you know, give a little leeway to pops to learn a few things. Cause guess what? He's gonna be away a lot of the time and he wants to be able to cherish the time. Hey, Espere. He wants to be able to cherish the time that he is there. Espere says, she'll relapse with the next kid. Don't they always? Don't you guys always, all the parents out there? First kid, you're like, oh, this rule, 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 unless you're an only girl in an African family. Because if you're an only girl in an African family, woo, all the rules apply to you all the time. Uh, moving on to Mike and Natalie. Mike and Natalie. I want to say this right off the bat. I feel like I'm just watching an extended episode of regular 90 day season that we just ended. Like That's what I feel about Mike and Natalie. I feel like we didn't get a break from them. There was no pause. There's no, We're t- fighting about the same nonsense that we've been they, We've been fighting. And why I say we's, because we are along the journey with them. The same nonsense that I just watched like 10,000 episodes of. If y'all hate each other, just separate and keep it pushing. And it really is, I, they confuse me, okay? Because I'm confused. And I'll tell you why I'm confused and I'm irritated by it. Because- You guys, I always have all the tea. I know what's going on with all the couples. Believe it or not, believe it. If you're part of my Patreon, y'all know I drop teas and bombs left and right. My Patreon subscribers know things months and months and months and months in advance before everyone else. And this couple right here has me so confused. One week I think they're real. The other week I think they're not. The next week I think that they're it for the cameras. Then the next week, I think they hate each other. Like, I don't know what to do with them. All I know is that the constant fighting about nothing is like, I need a break from it. I really do. So Mike left her at the hotel, you know, and he left his truck there. So like, my question then is, did he take a taxi all the way from Seattle or a ride share or whatever, a hired car, whatever from the hotel in Seattle, all the way back to Sequim, and if you guys know the Pacific Northwest, it's not close. Like, it's close, but it's not like, oh, a 20-minute ride. But you left your truck, and then Natalie, all of a sudden, I know this is the second time we've seen her driving the truck, but like, when did Natalie get her license? Because you could have thrown that in the show. I would rather watch that and see her be all crazy with the driving instructor and and that whole thing. But you left her with the truck. She drove the truck back. And, you know, she said that she said what she wanted. She got it off her mind. And she's going to go back. And she wants an apology from Mike because he left her. Okay, but the part that you're missing, Natalie, the part that is the issue, and I'm not sure if that's why you guys are constantly fighting is because y'all are forgetting what the issue is. But the issue, as far as I'm concerned, is that, and what I learned even more so in this episode is you were an asshole on his birthday when he was just trying to celebrate his birthday. You couldn't give old dude one 24 hour period instead of celebrating him and like being like, Hey, this is your day. I might have some beef with you, but the beef I'll hold off till, you know, 1201 the next day. But no, you wanted to bring up someone sending, uh, not even naked photos, like boob shots to you. And we find out this episode that it's from way long time ago. It's not even current issues. She's bringing up stuff from the way past. I was like, but you want him to apologize for leaving you? Listen, with a capital B. You need to take several seats and you need to like get your stuff together because what you're doing right now is manipulating the situation and forgetting what the facts are. Okay. So you're going to go. And this is so, this is my question because this is how I feel right now. Here's my question Are Mike and going through a power struggle? Okay. Putting that up there for you guys to, to, Mull over. So she gets, she drives back. He's outside waiting for her. And again, you know the whole driving back. Uh, just how did she drive back? How did she know how to get back on her own? Like how often had she driven from the hotel back to her house? And like was there GPS? And and just all of it. But whatever. So she says hi to him, and then she just stares at him and he just stares at her, and it was super awkward, like just just stupid, stupid and awkward. Um, and he was like, "Hey, listen, I left yesterday because I didn't like what you were saying." And she's like, "Well, I want you to apologize." And he's like, "Why would I apologize?" and she's like, well, I said what was on my mind, and then she just stares at him. She gives him this weird stare again, and then he's like, well, I'm not apologizing, and so then she just stares him down again, and then she apologizes for, you know, effing up his birthday, and then she does this weird forgiveness dance, and and she says she's acknowledging when she was wrong, and I was like, There's so much going on here right now. Why is there so much going on here right now? And all of it is, like, nonsense. Why are you staring your husband down? And then in the same breath, you apologize. And then in the same breath, you're doing this, like, crazy happy dance. Like, too many emotions in 35 seconds as far as I'm concerned. Like, what, Natalie, what? So she does the forgiveness dance and then they start talking about how they're going to go to Tulsa to visit Trish for Thanksgiving. And Mike says that, you know, she's like a sour patch kid. She's sour at first, but then she's sweet on the inside. So, okay. So you're putting up also too, you're saying you're putting up with the nonsense, right? So you kind of like it. That's what it seems like at least. But then... He calls his mom, and I thought it was funny that he calls his mom a punkasaurus, right? So they have a very close relationship, and what we learned in this episode is that they talk every day at 4.10 a.m. on his way to work, 4.10 a.m., 4.10 a.m., unless that's a call time or I have a flight to catch. Not, you know, you ain't calling me just to, to shoot the breeze. No, thank you. You can send me a text for 10 a.m. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. I am not a morning person like that. Nope. I'm gonna need my morning coffee. I'm gonna need like 30 minutes of silence and prayer and meditation before you're all no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. You know, they have that bond, and maybe they're both morning people, and may- maybe they're both, you know, skipping out of bed every morning that early. And uh, you know, good on them. I'm just saying that it's definitely not for me. You will no thank you. So he calls his mom and they're chit-chatting, and we find out he's an only child and they have like a really unique relationship and they're very, very close. Um Hey, and Life! Hey, girl, hey! And he wants to know, like, hey, what are we doing for Thanksgiving? Like, what are you making? And she explains, like, all the Thanksgiving goodies, right? The turkey and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the pies and all this stuff. And then he wanted to know if they were going to do something special for Natalie because Natalie doesn't eat Turkey. I think he said chicken, but turkey. Poultry. Now I'm confused. Okay. Because I feel like Natalie's vegan, vegetarian like I'm not like I don't know. I feel like she switches it up. I feel like she switches it up. Like I'm not even sure what she calls herself nowadays, but apparently she eats fish now. And so her Trish makes a joke about going to the river bottom and getting some water moccasin for her. I was like, "Oh, Trish doesn't like her." Trish might say that she doesn't like doesn't know her, but when mama bear doesn't like the wife, there will be strife. Okay? It's, it's just not a, it's not a good look. It's just not a good look because Mike thinks that he's stuck in the middle between his wife, who he loves, and his mom, who he loves. However, I'm going to tell you a little something. I'm going to put you in on a little game right here. Mike likes the fact that Trish, his mom, doesn't really like Natalie. Because guess what? Natalie and him fight so much, he feels like he has someone on his team. So, you know, those 4.10 a.m. calls that I was telling you about that they told us about? Guess what they do on that 4.10 a.m. call? They bitch and complain about Natalie. And I think that's why Mike likes it. And I think that the division, instead of saying like, hey, you know, you guys should try to get along, you know, spend some time together, all of this stuff. He's like, I don't know why she doesn't like him. I don't know. You know damn well why your mama wanted to stop the wedding is because... On your 410 calls, you just been bitching and complaining about all the nasty things that Natalie has been doing to you. And so what is your mom going to expect? Okay. Amanda says, wait till she sees how much butter there is for Thanksgiving. Hilarious. Um. So, yeah, I just feel like that situation is going to explode. And the only thing that's going to make it, exciting for me or entertaining for me is if Trish does like something that's like drastic because again we've we've seen all this stuff you guys we've seen this, the constant bickering 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 but uh, uh, nah. like be about it go to therapy get a therapy pissed on board and work out your issues but like what you're not about to do for another like 35 episodes is have this same fight that we've had for the past thousand episodes. I'm over that. You should be over it too. Like Mikey rolling your eyes all the time. Guess what? I'm rolling my eyes right back at both of you. Sitting here looking at y'all crazy because y'all acting crazy. Moving on to Tiffany and my off the shoulder. Y'all appreciating the off the shoulder business? Hello my off the shoulder. Oh Oh, sexy off the shoulder. Anyways. Uh Tiffany calls Ronald. And uh before she calls Ronald though, she's moved into her new apartment. Her son Daniel is so mature for his age. Like just just like a nice little helper. I really love that little kid. Um so They're talking and they're putting together like some bed frame or whatever, whatever. And then they call Ronald. And, you know, Daniel calls him dad. Daniel's super attached to him and Daniel really wants Ronald to be there living with him. He thinks that he's a great guy. He loves helping uh, Tiffany, according to Daniel. And he would bring lots more joy if he was there. And I was like, one of the things that I think is important and I I love that Tiffany obviously does is that she doesn't uh, talk bad about Ronald in front of the children so that they can have their own special bond with the other parent, regardless of what's going on with the parents. I think that that's really cool that she does that so he can have his own beliefs. However, Ronald. Oh, Ronald. Ronald's a deadbeat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that, but Ronald is a deadbeat. They call him. He's jealous because she bought a lot of furniture for us. She says, cause you know, we need a roof over our head. We need a place to lie our head down or lay her head down. And you ain't got no job. You ain't got no money. You ain't got no support. You ain't doing. But he gets mad. He gets mad because she canceled the plane ticket. And he says you just wanted to spend money for your place. Um, Are you planning to come over here at some time? Because aren't we waiting on a visa for you? Haven't we been waiting on a visa for you? And so shouldn't it be our place unless you know something that I don't know? And that it is gonna actually just be my place because you're never gonna get here, because when you said that you 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 kind of sounded like an asshole and super selfish and super self absorbed, and again, I I I couldn't do what they're doing. A long distance is hard enough, right? So you already have all distance, and you really have to make your relationship strong and be committed to it because there's no physical contact for months and months and months and months and months. And for them months, cause you know, we're in a pandemic, but then on top of it, like Tiffany said, she understands that marriage is the thick and thin of it. But y'all, since we met these two, it's been the thick, thick, thick. When, when is the thin part? When is the fun part? When is the like, Hey, hooray for y'all. Cause you picked them up at rehab he was still like recovering from his rehab and trying to figure out his life. He's another one that has no job all the time. He's got this temporary job. He said as a mechanic, but it's only temporary and he's just trying to survive. But meanwhile, you're mad that she canceled the tickets. You're mad that she pays for everything and you're, you barely can take care of yourself. And you're mad that she got some furniture for herself and the babies. Like, I'm just uh, like what what I said this before and I'll say it again because I'm just I'm confused y'all what is she getting out of this relationship because if she's not getting the big egg on a regular what is she getting from this relationship no job he doesn't support her she pays for everything then she has to deal with this stank attitude and ungrateful self so I'm just Like, and you ain't even, you ain't even. I mean, you know, as a female, when you make some poor decisions, you probably make poor decisions because, you know, they're just hitting it in the right, that that right angle. The angle is right but she has no angles here. There are no anglings going on for months on end. So like for me, you ain't doing all, you ain't doing all of that and rolling your head and and saying this and that and not paying for nothing. And then buying like a random elephant when you haven't even bought Pampers for the baby. Oh no. Oh no. I'm sorry. We're going to have to wrap this, this up. That's all I'm saying. Like, And then she started crying, she said to his face, you don't do anything, you do nothing. She says, how are you a man that does nothing and yet expects more from me? That sentence right there is what I'm gonna end that part on, that's it. I'm gonna say it again, how are you a man that does nothing and yet expect more from Tiffany? Nope, can't say that I would, can't say that she should. And I saw a funny meme, and I, I think maybe this is the only reason, but the meme said the only reason that Tiffany came on this season to, with Ronald is to expose how he ate shit. And on that note, I'm moving on to the last and certainly not least, Brandon and Julia. So Julia's complaining about the farm as usual. And she is trying to have a little bit of coffee, but Betty's all up in her face saying, are you ready? We need to feed the horses, the sheep, the goats, the chickens, the pigs, the dogs, the horses, all we need to feed all the animals and I'm ready to go. Are you? And I was like, can a girl just get a cup of coffee real quick? Those animals aren't going anywhere. If she's five minutes late, I don't know if they're going to really, you know, hold it against her. However, she wants to be designer or a wedding planner. She does not want to work on the farm. And I waver, you guys, I waver back and forth on this. And here's why. Okay. So we know that she doesn't have a green card yet which means she doesn't have a work permit, right? So she can't work legally. So she's rooming and boarding for free. She's eating for free. Cause we all know that although Brandon is 28, which is closer to 30 than it is to 20, he doesn't pay rent cause he's supposedly saving for his own place. So none of them not not Julia, not Brandon are paying any type of mortgage. I doubt they're buying any type of groceries. They're not paying any like electric bill. I don't think they're paying any like internet, cable, whatever. They're not they're paying for their cell phones. Brandon's probably put a little gas in his car. Maybe Brandon's paying for his car payment. But that's about it. So I feel personally, there has to be like a little give and take where, hey, Julia, you're in it. Since you can't financially kick in here, you have to kick in somehow and somehow is, you know, helping out on the farm. So she thinks she's doing free labor, but in a sense, you're not really doing free labor because you're helping maintain the household that you're living in for free. Am I wrong? I don't know. You guys let me know. That's that's what I think. So that's the first thing. The second thing that, again, has distracted me and I need some answers is where is the farmhand? Remember the farmhand we met when we met them, who was giving Julie a hard time for sleeping until 12 o'clock? Did she get fired? Because where is she? And if you guys know and heard, watched my show before, we know that that's actually Betty's real life sister, who was playing the farmhand and that's why she was all up in the business as well. Um, but where does she go? And why is she not helping on the farm? Cause she's the neighbor that lives down the street with the cat. Right? So like, why are we just relying on Julia? Let's knock it out as a family, get Julia, Betty, Ron, and I can't remember her name, but your sister down the street with the cat and like Boom. You knock all that farm work out half the time. But that's just me. Anyhow, she met with Christine, which is a wedding planner. First time out of the farm by herself. She felt a little weird about it. And again, you know, she gets there and she shaking hands, which just, I was like, oh, we're, uh, oh, okay. But they sit down and, you know, they do an informational interview where she wants to know, like, how she can get into the wedding planning business. First question she's asked like tell me a little bit about your resume like I saw your resume but like tell me about it we learned that she was a waitress she's a hostess she's a dancer uh, a designer she worked for a judge and now she works on a farm and which you know as we were all growing up from you know however what however you old you were when you started working you do a bunch of stuff to see what you like I totally get that I respect that um So I don't think she should feel bad for exploring who she is and what she likes. And Christine was like, well, Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. You need to work on your English and you need to start making friends and networking because the wedding business, and I'll tell you this, you guys, I used to be an event planner and it's no joke. It is no joke. And, I used to be an event planner for a company out here that dealt with all the networks. I would do all the network parties. And when I tell you that, and I'm going to cuss right now because it's, it's required, you don't fuck around at the parties because you have all the network celebrities. And then you have all the network executive and all the celebrities. And when I say like, this has to be there, this you're on call 24 seven. It's, it's the real deal, um, but it's also people. And the biggest part of the, I will say, walking away from that job is, is knowing and understanding people and knowing that this moment, that's, the, that's, their speci- that's their memory that you're creating. And that's the moment that they're gonna have forever. So are you going to make it special for them or are you going to make it about everything else? Right. And be in your feelings because maybe that person looked at you wrong or that person like didn't say thank you, whatever the case may be. If you listen, they're all going to be what they are because they want to have a great experience because that experience is going to live on in their memories forever. And so I totally agree with Christine where, Yes, the experience, get the experience, but also make the relationships because it's the relationships that are going to be important so that you remember that that's someone that you want to have an excellent experience when they work with you. So uh, I thought that that was good for her to go and just really get an outside opinion on her goals and aspirations. And then she gets home, she's doing dishes, Brandon is playing video games. And then they have this weird fight that I was just like, what are you, what? Apparently, we didn't know, but Julia has a super jealous, 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 over the top jealous side. They start talking about his friend, Melanie, because she explains what Christine said, where, hey, you're going to have to get some friends and meet some friends and meet some people and start mingling and networking. And Brandon's idea was like, hey, start with my friends and go from there. And then she went off on this tangent. I don't want to... Have your friends. I don't care about your past. I care about only our future. And we're married now. And I want to make new friends and have new memories. And who is Melanie? You never told me about her. Did you sleep with her? Did you date her? Uh, she can't just be friends with you. Girls can't be friends with guys. But guys can be friends with girls. Ah, just It went on for like 10 minutes. And I was like, what, what exactly are y'all fighting about? Because you both came into the relationship with a past and with friends, hopefully. And so now you're mad that he has a friend and the friend is female? Is that what we're mad about right now? Because what? That's a super weird fight. And you're mad at a girl that you've never even met. So that means you're just not even gonna give her a chance. And so now I see where the season's gonna go with them. Julia is gonna be portrayed as this over-the-top jealous spouse. And I don't know, like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm I'm here for it. I don't know if I want to see her as, oh, I'm the jealous wife, and you can't have any friends. And like, no, we got to do something else. So I need Brandon and Julia's storyline to be a little bit better. And I need Natalie and Mike to just stop doing whatever the hell they just do everything opposite of what they're doing now, because I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling the stupid extended fight. You know, I'm not. Um, that's the show. I'm going to jump into the live chat real quick. And see what y'all are talking about. Uh, Dasha says, I just don't agree with Julia working on the farm because Brandy never told her the situation before she came. So I'm showing up to live in another country and now I find out that I have to work on a farm. So my question to you, Dasha, would be then how do you think she should contribute to the household given the fact that she can't contribute in any other way but like sweat equity? And what's Crystal talking about here? Nicole says the mom is not here for Natalie at all. And Dasha talking about um, Tiffany's situation. He's definitely a deadbeat with loserish, loserish thoughts. He was really upset cause she bought furniture and thought that's why she canceled the tickets. Well, she did cancel the tickets. Cause she's like, if I got this 2000 and I can either go to South Africa and be with this ungrateful bum who doesn't work and doesn't have anything or I can buy some really cool furniture for me and the kids. Guess what? I'm gonna buy the cool furniture for me and my kids. Anyways, y'all, thank you so much uh, for joining the party. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to be talking all things 90 Day The Single Life. Make sure you like, subscribe, and if you're watching on Facebook, make sure that you're hitting, like, thumbs up, thumbs up. And if you're on YouTube, same thing, like and subscribe. I love you guys all. I love how we're growing, and it was fun. Shout out to my day ones and uh, it's going to be a party this month. My birthday's at the end of the month and I feel like I'm just going to celebrate with y'all all uh, all weeks long up until the day. So till tomorrow, same time, same place. I'll see y'all later. Ciao.